Hello kings and queens and it's your girl Queen Sassy Shoemate and this is the Golden Conversation and I have my friend. He's my first guest on the Golden Conversation. We gonna call him Lavender. You wanna say something Lavender? Lavender Moses. <laughs> oh, let me, let me correct, let me correct and say Lavender Moses Taylor is in the building. AKA Black Jesus. AKA Black, he do look like Black Jesus though. He do, he do, um, <laughs> he does. So just y'all already know, if you haven't heard last week's episode, please go back and listen to the recap of season two and also listen to uh, last week's episode of today where I posted is um, loyalty is does not mean control or manipulation. So please go back and listen to that and give me your feedback and your opinion on that. And if Lavender, if you want to share any input on last week's episode, loyalty doesn't mean um, control or manipulation. You can also uh, put your um, two cents in on that if you want to. But today we're going to talk about um, trauma bonding healing and friendships and it came to me because i seen it on i don't know i think somebody posted and it was talking about how people stay in like toxic relationships because of a um what did they say they said it, it, it's emotional connection mm-hmm. so before i get into that i'm going to read the definition that i got offline it says um Trauma bonding is a cycle of physical or emotional abuse that creates a strong attachment between abused person or the abuser, uh, reinforcing by periods of love and affection, and then a periods of um, devaluation of emotional abuse. So, I say that because I have, I wouldn't say I've been in those type of situations, but I could have been in those type of situations, but... Once I get, for some people, I can't speak for all, but for me, once I get to a point where I feel unappreciative or I feel like my feelings are being um, taken advantage of, I automatically just like cut off. Mm-hmm. I'll be done. But in some situations, some people are not like that. Mm-hmm. They will continue to be in a relationship because of... Um, of the connection and one thing I I did learn when I was in college I did um, I had to do community service at a domestic violence shelter and one of the uh, hardest um, challenges with abuse is mental abuse because once they have it in your head like you're nothing you ain't shit or this is what love is it's really harder to leave a situation or know that you're in a toxic situation yeah so, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I don't believe that. Like, just touching on the last little part of what you said, that, you know, when people are into a abusive relationship, uh, verbally abusive relationship, is because our minds is a dangerous place. Um, we can start thinking things and start to believe them. Believe yeah. what's really going on within our minds on our own. Because <clears throat> we all have been in a place to where... Uh, we may feel that we're not smart enough. We may not be able to uh, succeed in whatever task it may be that we're dealing with. School, um, work, 
etc. Life. Yeah. Um, so, and then and it's just our mind just working. Yeah. You know, so I do get that. So trauma bonding. Uh, so trauma bonding, uh, I want to say that I think that a lot of us have been in these trauma bonding relationships in some way, in some some form or fashion. You know? Yeah, it doesn't have to be an actual intimate relationship. Yeah. It can also be friendships, exactly. family, whatever type of, even sometimes in work positions too, can be mm-hmm. also like that. Yeah. So I get that. But when, when do you, how do you identify when you are in that type of situation? Does it take for a person that you know to let you see what's going on or is it like you know what's going on and then you just like you don't know how to get out of it sometimes you don't know sometimes you get in these situations and you in them and you're so deep in it you don't see it um you can be blind to it uh blind to it just by just because you're just so locked in you're thinking that's what is so normal to you because this stuff happens probably have happened in the past where we were growing up yeah. this is just our genetics either uh, a parent was this way to, towards us or a grandparent somebody was this way towards us so we might think it's normal to be this way growing up and it's not so we get into these relationships with friends family uh, relationship with whomever that you're in this relationship with and they end up doing the same things that you grew up to yeah to doing and you thinking it's okay so um i have actually been in one myself i've been in relationships and i've been in those relationships just because growing up uh my mom had to I, my mom's a single parent she's um my mother is too three kids you know my four girls. There we go. <laughs> I'm the only boy, so she felt like she had to play both sides, and I think that was kind of like the messed up part for me, just because my mom couldn't really play my mom, because mm-hmm. you know, with the mothers, the mothers, should, I, for me, I feel like the female should have to be the nurturer, the carer, the provider, the one to hold your feelings, to love you in a certain way, and hold you, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I didn't get that. I got the stern, firm mom because pops was was absent. Yeah. Um, so. So before you get into that, so do you think that um, because of what you said, because like how you grew up in your how you grow up in your household and the relationship that you see growing up, do you think that it has a real impact on how you date and how the relationships you get into? Yes. Yes, most definitely. I would say that because when you said you was raised in a single parent home, I was raised in a single parent home. I'm the youngest out of four. And my father was in my life and then he left when I was uh, six years old. Um, and I feel like my mom was the nurturer person. But then I also seen, um, like I, one thing I would say about my mom, I only see my mom in one relationship. And that one relationship my mom had with this guy it taught me so much just in that just me being I think he was in our lives and I think since I was like probably nine till I was about maybe 13 14 years old and it it I didn't like seeing my mom in that p- position of because you know being a single woman having four girls and then 
you know, you having a, a and then getting it out of abusive relationship with my father. And then you have somebody that comes in and, you know, I can tell that you'll feel like no one wants you after having like kids and you've been through so much. So when this man came in, don't get me wrong, he was a, a cool guy, but I could see that he was using that situation my mom was in knowing like okay you just got out of abusive relationship yeah you have four girls I can step in I can help out in this way but then also knowing that it's an insecurity there Mm -hmm. and I didn't like that mom that he was taking uh using my mom's insecurity of not you know having someone after whichever she you know what my mom experienced and using that against her and so it was like they had a good bond but then when I look back at it as a, a an adult I feel like he used like I'm not gonna say he didn't care for my mom but I feel like he used that to his advantage to get what he needed in that moment mm-hmm. and so now me as an adult I've seen so many unhealthy relationships to the point where I when I see the red flags I'm so easy to just cut them off Right. But then also, that can be a bad thing because I'm so used to being by myself that it's hard for me to want to adjust if I do meet that person, if right. that makes sense. Right, it does. So, me, when I feel like, you know, sometimes you got to go out and uh, go on that limb and, and try it because sometimes, yeah, that, that relationship is going to come with some heartache. It might come with some pain. Um, I'm not saying that's what you're supposed to do is continue to go in relationship, any relationship with enduring pain throughout the whole time. Uh-huh. Um, the person that you're dealing with may want to change and may want to become a better person. I can't say change. They may want to, they want to grow. I feel like no one changes. Everyone grows. You just grow from who you are yeah. and um, <clears throat> from who you used to be growing to another phase of your life. Um, so um, a lot of people want to, want to, want to grow. But sometimes, uh, I'm going to say a lot of times, men here, especially where we come from in our mm-hmm. area, we don't have that father figure. Yeah. You know? We don't have that person that we need, that we have to go to and talk to and hold these conversations to say, hey, how do we love a woman? How do we care for her? How do we hold her feelings? Yeah. You know? Because nobody... And vice versa for, like, yeah. with women with um, how to handle being with a man. Because mm-hmm. it's... it's I feel like the stereotypes that are placed on both genders is like it can it's equal. It can be um, like you know how they said like a woman's supposed to be this X Y Z clean house, all that other stuff. Whereas I have heard some very successful relationships where I don't want to say the roles were switched, but in in some people would believe that the roles were switched. But it's just like in that relationship that worked. What do you mean the roles were switched? So I I, I say roles are switched because it's like the stereotypes of like the woman's supposed to be home with the kids and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, cooking and cleaning. Whereas I it's the other way around where the man was at home helping with the kids and doing that because the woman was the breadwinner in a relationship. And it wasn't like the man felt lesser than a man because of that, that he took that role. It didn't mm-hmm. make him less of a man. It's just that in that relationship... It worked for them, but yeah. it's it's just the negative stigma of what people should be doing in a relationship and how it's supposed to be. And I'm not saying it's okay, you know, to each his own. Right. But 
some people don't understand that what works best for you and your relationship. Well, I feel like that shit been happening for a long time. You know what I'm saying? This ain't nothing new. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it, it, this is like, the now is the new wave of being that, okay, well, she's the breadwinner. She got a career. She making six figures or whatever. When not, she got a good job, you know, to take care of the house. And he at home and is well known. Okay, yeah, he's at home. And he's taking care of the house and he's really cooking and cleaning. But we didn't have where it was, you know, Bama out working. We got bum ass whoever. You know what I'm saying? He ain't cleaning up to this last couple minutes time before Mama come. You know what I'm saying? We got to clean up for your Mama come or something like that. And he just on the couch either doing whatever he does all day. Oh, you know what man. I'm saying? Yeah. And you and Barely and ate. He ain't made nothing. You know, so so we didn't have that. We've been having it ain't nothing new, but it just changed how things are looking up now because people are more not even trying to get married. They just want to be life partners. Be my life partner and we here for life, we're gonna ride it out. That is and that, stuff like that. That is true. Like you have people that says that. And at one point, um, I was like, I don't get me wrong, I still just they know that I'm gonna get married. Like is is well, why not, should you? Um, get married when you say well, get married, you say get well, married in the eyes of the law, get married or what? No. So I'm gonna put it like this. When at first I had the the when I was younger, I had the wrong uh impression of marriage. Because I didn't grow up in a house where I had mm-hmm. a mom and a dad that was married. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a healthy marriage. I didn't get to see my grandmother and my grandfather marriage because mm-hmm. my grandfather passed before I was even thought of. So, I never really seen a healthy marriage. So, it's just based off what people say. Right. So, yeah, I always had that mindset. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to save myself to marriage. I'm going to, you know, get married, have kids, and all that other stuff. Well, trash that shit. Um, no, I didn't save myself to marriage. <laughs> that, that, that didn't make it. Um, and, I guess I did lose my virginity at an early age. Um, but what I'm saying is after, um, reading, like I'm the type of person where if I don't understand something and I'm not really getting it, I read books and I like to watch documentaries and different things. And once I understand that marriage is not just, uh, um, you know, wedding and then the, the planning and then all that other stuff, like I always wanted to be with someone who's going to be there with me through thick and thin like I I don't I don't I'm looking for when they say a life partner I want a life partner but I also want the legal I want the rain too marriage is a business deal well it, it's, it's, a it's business both deal. it's 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 I see it as both it's a business deal That's it's right. both and I'm not gonna knock nobody who does not want to get married if you don't want to get married hey you don't gotta do it no you don't but I do see myself wanting to be married and be with someone who I can share my life with. Like, that's what I want. And then some people say you don't need it. You know, you don't need a paper or the ring. Hey, that's what you choose to do. But me, when I when I meet that one, I'm not going to pressure a man to marry me. That's not what I'm going to do. It's right. going to be, I want it to be a mutual thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm going to put it on the table and let that person know. Like, yes, I do see myself being married but I'm also not gonna be one of those women that's like I don't like when women be like well if you're not gonna marry me in the next five years or mm-hmm. two years and we've been here this and this and this for so long you don't think I'm not gonna do that because if that's the case if you you 
If you have to do that, then why are you in a relationship anyway? True. Because you should never have to put nobody in a chokehold, you know what I'm saying, to be able to make a decision. No, so. you shouldn't. Now, I have a question. So, what? When it, um, it's going off topic, I know we keep. I know. I mean, it, we all we this this says trauma bonding, but I mean, it's about relationships. I could change this whole thing, and <laughs> and, and, and it can be freestyle with lavender. Okay, so it don't even matter. So, um, when it comes down to uh, relationships, and and you saying marriage. I always felt like I don't know. Tell me, what do you do? You think like this? Because I always felt like now, when you get married, you get a piece of paper and all this other stuff. I always felt like that was um, the way of, you know, our pressure, our oppressor. Sorry, our oppressor mm-hmm. pushing the finish line further for us. Always trying to push the, fur- the, the finish line further for us. Basically. Go back what? when we slave, right? In order for, I felt like in my mind, what I think, I'm like, you know, a lot of times certain slave masters they used to sleep with yeah. the women, yeah, right? And the men, I'm pretty much sure they didn't approve of that. No, they starting to have kids, they starting to have their own families. They see master got his own stuff, and that's his lady, that's his. All right, well, if this is your is this if you say this is your lady, this is your wife, marry her. I mean, this maybe before they even start like, getting getting to an actual to where they before they start having kids. He just on the same plantation. He's interested. Well, if you want me to stop messing with her, you marry her. All right. Well, and then now we ain't got married. And then now it's like, all right, well, you guys married. Sign this piece of paper. Well, I mean, now think about it. Now, if you want to go there and talk about uh, a marriage during, like, slavery time, the motherfuckers even had no documentation. They jumped over the broom. Yeah, that was tradition. I'm t- you see, I even mentioned that because that's something that I feel like that's tradition that we have started. Yeah, but are you sorry? Right, so, hold on. Let, like- me, hold on. Let me make it clear. Make it seem like what, you, what you're trying to say. Are you trying to say, like, in the, in a time frame, in a time period where, where some families will be like, well, if you're interested in my daughter and whoever, and you want to be with her, you have to marry her. Are you saying it like that? In a way, yes. That's that's like new modern, you know, uh, well, that's old tradition for certain families. They have, they have. Because I'm about to say that, because that mostly, because what I'm thinking of, when I heard, when I get, when I think of that, I think it's because, oh, you slept with my daughter, no. now you got to marry. No. So that's why I'm saying, like, no. are you saying it, or no. that's a t- no. two different things. I, I feel that, that. Because <laughs> I was about to say, because, you know, know, back in the day, people used to be like, oh, we about to have this shotgun wedding because you had sex with my daughter and you got her pregnant. <laughs> oh, so now you got to marry. Because yeah, there's a lot of, so I'm about to say, it was the a community thinking my daughter's a house. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you got that aspect of it where people, or still to this day, people do that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But no, I'm saying that, um, that I feel that the slave master wish to be able to say, like, hey, you know, if you guys want to prove that you guys are together and you say that you love this woman, marry her. But I I don't I don't see uh it to me it just depends on the mindset. That might that I'm not gonna say that part of history in our past did not exist, but in my opinion, I feel like it's just a stronger 
connection. But then sometimes you got people that have been together for years and they shit is like this. Like they inseparable. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't feel like marriage, in my opinion, should be pressure. And I feel like when people hear marriage, they think pressure. Like it's it's a rush. Like it's has to happen in a certain way and you have to have this you have to have that you have that no it's to me marriage should be a mutual agreement it should be like okay he wants to do it and she wants to do it or it's an understanding and I feel like when people get married and they don't have that conversation and they doing it because oh they family member said it or they feel like, oh, I've been with this person for eight, ten years, or this person had my child, so I'm just going to marry her. I feel like when you go into the mindset like that in marriage, then I feel like, of course, that motherfucker going to have, like, I mean, any relationship has, like, ups and downs and, you know. But, but if you go into the relationship or any relationship or even a marriage like that, yeah, that shit going to hit the fan because you, you, you didn't want to do it in the first place. It's, it's like you, it's like you when you have a kid forcing them to do something, knowing damn well they gonna stump because they don't want to do it. Problems come from the problems come from where now you ain't did something where you pressured to do something where you now you pressured and you didn't want to do it. Now you having problems and issues within the relationship and uh, which that connects back to the trauma. There we go. There you so go. That's where I'm at. So we back on track with it. So now I feel that uh, a lot of our trauma came back way before our ancestors. If you ever think about it now, like um, we're probably like the only uh, ones that really like really discipline our kids, like really hit and whoop our kids. Yeah. And it really comes out. Yeah, further down the line, where we now when we're growing up, if our kids are do something wrong or they not punished in the way that you know they're they're being talked to, they on a timeout. Maybe some of us are getting around to that now. Yeah, are changing, but not too long ago, you know, I like some of us. I had a kid early. You know, I had a kid when I was 18 years old. So uh, my son, damn genius. You know, he's 16, he's a junior, and Yay. make me proud. You know, I'm a proud father uh, of a 16 year old, and he's, you know, I'm clapping it up way. for a proud father. Yes, 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 yes. We need more strong black men and good examples. Yes. So he, uh, yes, lavender speaks fluent in French and Spanish oh, shit. and Cantonese. Oh, yeah, he's gonna go places in instruments. Life. He plays the piano and he plays the violin. And um, I love him. I love him to death. And growing up, especially where our community um, here in the Bay Area, um, during the times when I was growing up, we were really, it, we was having some real hard times growing up. Yeah. Couldn't really go down the street too much to really look at somebody in the face and really say hello. Yeah. And um, it created trauma in me. So when I started having my kid, when I started having kids, uh, I used to be felt like I had to be really stern and firm with him. It's my first kid. He's a boy. I'm just, you know, I'm. You based you know, off of your own experience. My own experience, and I felt like I had to be hard. I had to be very straightforward and disciplinary. I'm not taking no shit. And what I know now, I wish I can go back and take a lot of that back because I was 
really teaching him with a firm hand instead of teaching him with a firm tongue. Mm. And now, since I... So, hold up. You said with a firm hand and not a firm tongue. So, explain that more. So, I was doing more whoopers than I was talking. Mm. And the kind of kid he is, I can have a conversation with him. He can sit here and have this conversation with us right now. Mm-hmm. And probably give, and give more insight <laughs> give, to, to the conversation. He probably some gold nuggets really, for us. He can drop some real gems. You know, he's that smart. He can really... He's able to blend on every level. Mm, and no matter, good. he can blend with his kids his age, younger, and then older as well. That's good. So, he's a chameleon. So, yeah. saying that, and learning from different relationships, different experiences, we talked about marriage and all that other stuff. So, this is going to go into healing, because I feel like this is the perfect part to go into the healing part mm-hmm. of, of it, because now that you're older, more mature, have some experience under your belt, and knowing that some things that you might have done when you were younger um, probably wasn't the best decision. But at no. that time, you know, at that age, that's your mindset. That's what you think is uh, appropriate at that time. Right. Now, now that you're older, now how did you start your healing process or your growing process of or noticing like, okay, this lifestyle or how I was doing things or how I was previously in relationships in the past or handling things, what gave you that like, oh shit, I need to turn around and like rethink how I'm I'm doing shit? Um, well, I always had this thing where, you know, growing up, so I it started all before when I was a kid. Like I was telling you my mom single parent. Yeah. Um, my mom felt like she had to you know, have an iron fist and be able to act with me for me to be able to listen and understand and for her to be, you know, the, 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 the general, the warrior yeah. of the house, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because she felt like he's growing up, he's getting big. My dad's 6'6", six, six, you know, uh, 200 plus some pounds, you Ooh, know. Yes, here I go. <laughs> My daddy is... <laughs> Five two. <laughs> 125 pounds. <laughs> you know, and here I go. I'm at 12 and 13 years old. I'm almost six feet. You know, I got a little full beard on me. Girls looking at me. I'm feeling myself. So she wanna, hey, hold on. I'm still your mama boy. So by me making my mistakes and she end up coming in and she uh, you know, whoop me instead of talking to me, it would be the whooping then talking. And I'm like, you know, you could have just talked to me. You know, I understand I'm gonna make my mistake. But did you have that conversation as as an adult with her, or did you get had that conversation as when you were in your teens? I had that conversation with her. I was like 13 years old. It was right before I went to. I want to say this is um, going into high school. Actually, no. I was actually seventh grade, ready to go into eighth grade. I had mm-hmm. a, a fight with one of my good friends. Uh, to this day, we was like enemies. We should have a conversation about that too. How enemies can become your some of your best friends. I oh. swear. Well, we'll have a part two and have <laughs> Lavender on here on a part two. So I had a fight with one of my friends at school. Uh, at the time, wasn't my friend. Real fight to where I got kicked out. Oh damn! I got kicked out. Um, Miles was very upset with that, and she came in. She coming in with the. I want to say. With the with the little object hit me, 
shit, I'm mad. Like, I really at this point where I break it. It's like a little mini little the little bat they used to give you for what you call them at uh at the A's game. It's a thin oh, bat. It's probably little, like thick uh, as this little rod. The little <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 thick, but it, you can feel it. But it's you know what I'm saying. So she come there swinging. I you know put my arm up to block it. It breaks in half. She look like oh shit. And I tell her like hey, you ain't got to do this. You can come talk to me. And that's when it start changing. Mm. Change for her, change for me, and I feel like from now, from then on, you have to come talk to me. And that's what was always for me. Like, what? Fast forward, what? When I became a parent, I only remember what I thought was right and the best thing to do was because how my mom, yeah, how you was, was, yeah. and how I was raised, and I felt like this is what I need to do to make sure that he's staying in line. Yeah. So I made my mistakes, and I think I stopped with him. I say the conversation started coming in at early at seven. He didn't have to wait seven more years to get the conversation. Mm. So at seven, I would say after first grade, whatever, when I that's the conversations here on up, mm. and that's when I got to understand my son a little bit more. He got to understand me a little bit more. And I'm forever telling him and I'm about the stories, and I'm forever apologizing because I really do feel bad about it. Well, I applaud you as a parent to not acknowledge that what you did or how how you were handling a situation, and to apologize to your kid because I'm not a parent yet, mm-hmm. but I know when my mom apologized to me, it it really touched home because. When you're a kid and you're with an adult, you always have that mindset of like, okay, the parents are always right. They're always right. They're not going to admit when they're wrong. And for you to be humble enough to say that and have that conversation with your son, mm-hmm. like, without you knowing it, to me, that's very powerful because that's teaching him that when he gets an adult and he, you know, get in the world, have, you know, a wife, kids, whatever, that mm-hmm. he understands, like, he understands that it's okay to How make to do mistakes. It. Yeah. It's okay to make so mistakes. So it's like you also, broke that cycle. Yeah, but build that trust. Yes. And continue to want to change from what the generation before you have done. Yes. And that's what I have done. I learned with him. I'm sorry that he has to had to been my my test baby, if you want to call it. But I had to learn with him. I was so young. You know, I mean, I feel I like with any, anybody who has their first child, it's always the the learning, the, the learning lesson. In yes. some like yes, yes, because yes. I mean, I'm not, but I just feel like that's. I mean, because even though you even even if you plan for a child, if you don't plan for a child, it's still a learning experience because yeah. it's your first child. Right, right. And then I learned with it. You know, uh, I was able to overcome that and I learned with I continue to learn with my second son Jonah and he was really my my loving baby he taught me how to love mm. he was the kid that would come and hug you love you give you kisses and he would just sometimes be right on point on time whereas that if he see that I was having a hard day, a hard moment, I just didn't know where it came from. I didn't know where he, he just, just came, came and so I was very grateful for him. And then my daughter, my daughter, she's she's everything. And 
she really taught me how to be patient with women and love women because I didn't receive love mm-hmm. from my mom because of how my mom was with yeah. me. And now to kind of find out, like, my mom didn't get this type of love either. Yeah. So, so that's when one thing we have to also acknowledge is that we can't be so hard on our parents because we don't know how they were their upbringing and how they were raised and so but what i'm getting is is that you found your healing through your kids i found my healing through my kids exactly i found my healing through my kids and then i found my healing through my mom as recently um i want to say about like two years ago two years ago i end up you know Sometimes, you know, your parents don't want to tell all the stories that bad stuff that happened to them because... Because they haven't processed it themselves. They, yeah, that, they didn't know what to do with it, how to work with it, how mm-hmm. to work through it. And um, all they knew what to do was just hold it in and... And keep moving, because that's what they was probably taught. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. Pretty much. I understand that. I... I I started my healing when I noticed that I felt like my life was not in my hands anymore. Mm. If that makes sense. Like, when I felt, like, to be honest, I'm, uh, I, I mentioned it in my first my first season um, on the Golden Conversation. Um, I mentioned it is when I had a sexual relationship with a guy and I knew what it was. It wasn't nothing serious. And then when I got that unpleasant gift, I was just like, how did I get here? Mm. You know what I mean? It was just like, how did I get to the point where I'm putting my, my energy in a, a sexual relationship with someone and then getting this unhealthy present? And it's just like, how the fuck did I get here? Mm-hmm. So when I noticed, that's when I knew that I wasn't being honest with myself. I wasn't um, acknowledging how I was feeling, my emotions, and all of that. So I took that time. That was in 2015. Because at that point, when I graduated college in 2012, I didn't really have time to process anything because my mom got sick. So I fell into this thing where I'm just helping my mom do this mom my mom my mom that I wasn't doing nothing for myself so I went into the old habits world if I wasn't getting what I like when I needed attention I went to a man so that's what I did but not knowing that I had grew out of that that mindset that young you know childhood you know thing like I want to say childhood but young adult thing where it's like okay I need some attention. Let me just hit this person up, hit this person up. And then realizing like in that moment, that's not what I really wanted. That wasn't what I really needed. And I knew that that, that's not what I wanted or needed, but I still did it because I was used to that behavior of doing things. And so when I wasn't listening to what I already knew, I was just like, girl, you really need to just focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's why for five years, I was celibate. I just focus on myself, not just because of like sex, but just like in that time, I really was able to focus on myself and the things that was actually bothering me, things that I was bothering me as a kid, like how I wish I had all my sisters. Like we're not as close, we're close, but we're not as close as what um, people think. Mm-hmm. And I had to realize going back to childhood, like 
with my mom and my dad in a relationship and how my dad was an alcoholic so he was abusive to my mom and verbally abusive and abusive to my sisters so at an early age one of my sisters was like into relationships that's how she avoid home the two my two twin sisters they avoid uh home they was you know academics programs college you know all of that so me young I figured, hey, early age, I start getting into guys. Mm-hmm. So then that behavior, I've been doing that once I think about it since I was 13. So you get used to this behavior, but then when that moment happened in 2015, and I was just like, this is not where I need to be, like, right. at all. So I just took the time to just focus on myself and whatever God was guiding me to do and how to handle situations. I was just flowing with it. I wasn't in a rush to be in a relationship. I wasn't in a rush to get back into, you know, dating. Because it's just the fact that if I wasn't giving myself what I wanted out of the relationship, then I I said I didn't need to be in one. So that's when my healing started for myself. Like, it was a, a bittersweet feeling. It was like something that I didn't want to experience, but it felt like I had to go through it to understand that this is not what you want. So that's where my healing began. And then that's when I started realizing why my sisters were operating the way that they do, why our relationship is not like like that, because they're so used to doing how they do things, because they've been doing it since they was teenagers. So pretty much you think that they surviving um i would say they were surviving and they also were protecting themselves in the way that they felt was best for them mm-hmm. of being in like you know academic stuff programs school um what the twins did and what my sister did like she's still my sister's still married to her uh, high school sweetheart and so for me i had to sit back and realize okay what is it that I need to do for myself? And what that was, was to build my own personal relationship with God and to fill in those pocket little holes that I had. Like I always use this metaphor that my heart is like a puzzle. And I felt like I had missing pieces where I was filling it in pointless relationships, which I knew they were pointless relationships. And then I start filling them spots with my self-love my self-worth and being true to myself then after that I was just like what the fuck I needed <laughs> like my I, I was already kind of cutthroat back then but once I got that I was just like ah serving in prayer does a lot so yeah once I it's, so it's like basically once I accepted my own bullshit what I like what I went through, can't nobody use shit against me. Cause I'm an open fucking book. Like if somebody was randomly, even if a friend that know me, that know that I have this podcast and they hear this and they wanna hear it, I have no problem being transparent and sharing my story because I feel like that's my purpose is to share my story and open up. Like the purpose of this podcast is for my own personal healing 
and just for to have other people on just like you lavender lavender but to have other people on here to share their stories because i feel like when you talk about it it's healing and then other people that listen that might be something to spark a conversation with them to do whatever they need to do to start their healing process or to have that conversation with whoever it is they need to but that's it's me but everybody heals differently but the important thing is is to start your healing now if you don't want to start your healing look how i'm gonna work this through lavender if you don't start your healing you're gonna be stuck in the trauma bonding relationships <laughs> look how that shit just went back in just think about it think yeah. about it yeah if you don't start healing yourself you can be constantly in a a cycle and then you'll be playing oh this always happens to me it always happens to me no sometimes you gotta you have to look at both situations like i'll say when i had an incident with the guy i didn't go in like oh it's all his fault it's all his fault we both adults i knew what the fuck i was doing he knew what the fuck he was doing so i'm not gonna blame him for that but i'm gonna blame the fact that he wasn't honest about his own status right i want to say though you know um if anybody ever that's out there that's listening um you ever want to start thinking about how do you start um getting out of these trauma bonding relationships you just one thing i can one thing i could probably give to this to someone right now that's listening is just that you have to sit back and process your situation Mm-hmm. Process your feelings, process what's going on, the whole situation. And once you do that, then you can be able to start having these one-on-ones with yourself. Mm-hmm. Once you start the process, then you can go ahead and start moving forward. As like, okay, what I need to do to change my situation? And then once you figure that part out, then you need to go ahead and start changing your situation. Start making moves to, to change the relationship that you're in with this person. Are people and um, after you do that go try to find some healing go get um, mm-hmm. therapy that yeah. therapy it would be I say get therapy therapy and then go get your life coach or something like that yeah um, you want to get the therapist because you want to go ahead and work and work through the um, all the old past trauma that you have dealt with and then mm-hmm. once you have done that and you got out, got it, got it out, and got over it, then you want to get you a life coach, a yeah. life coach that's going to speak, uh, you know, life into you. That's going to teach you. That's going to speak growth into you. Yeah. And uh, they're going to help hold you accountable for, you know, the things that you want to be accountable for. I think that's and the be most truthful, important. Be open all the way around. That, and I mean that on both sides. For yeah. you know, a therapist and also for your life coach. I think that's important. A key word that you said in there is accountability. You have to take accountability for your healing because no one is responsible for your healing but yourself. Mm -hmm. So it does start with you of taking accountability and wanting to be willing to do so. Yeah, you gotta want it. You You gotta gotta want it. If you don't don't want to do it, it, you're gonna... I mean, you're going to be honest. You're just going to set yourself up for disappointment because you're constantly seeing yourself in similar situations. Like, because I'll say this. I had this conversation. I forgot who I had this conversation with. 
But we were saying that God has jokes because God will put you in the same situation mm-hmm. with different people, with a different person, and you be like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why am I still in this same cycle? And then you have to really think about, it's not them. It's You have to look at yourself. Mm-hmm. What are you attracting? Mm-hmm. And if you're not working with healing with yourself, then you need to... to to set back but then one of the things is people don't like to see their own like um not see but what is it um what, what michael jackson says you, look at the man in the mirror yeah you can you can be attracted to toxicity you know what i'm saying somebody that's toxic just because that's what you used to you grew up that way you know you gotta look back in your past and see and, and it is really go back and really look at your your family you know, yeah. really go ahead and talk with, you know, past family members, mom, dad, aunts, uncles, and really get to know your family because you never know that somebody in your family may have dealt with depression, anxiety, and whatever other schizophrenia, a lot of stuff. And yeah. if those things have happened, you want to learn how to be able to deal with them now with you and your future. It's important to know your family history exactly. and not, not just... Uh, like your ans- like your family history as far as relationships, health, mm-hmm. the whole mental health and all that other stuff because it, it does play a part in your life regardless of people don't want to admit and don't want to go back in time to actually learn those things. It's important to know your past so you can know your future. Right. So like for me, you know, what I know big just coming off the top is just that both sides for my grand so for my grandmother and my grandfather they both suffered suffered from dementia and my grandmother had dementia and alzheimer's and so my thing is that so i don't end up having so much of a bad memory mm-hmm. of, of like later down as i'm starting to get older and everything i'm reading more I'm doing things that's going to make my, my brain function and think, you know, yeah. exercising, you know, um, stuff like that. What I knew, know, with my grandparents, they didn't exercise. They ate poorly. Mm-hmm. They had a whole lot of poor habits. And they both died in their early 80s. Oh, wow. And for me, that's still young. You know, that's yeah. very young for me. And grandfather stress. And for black men, if you stress heavily, you know, um, grandfather had an enlarged heart. Mm. And with stress, you know, we take off years off our life by stressing. I'm glad you said that because I, I was telling, I be having so many goddamn random conversations with people. I don't remember who. But anyway, um, people don't realize, oh, I know who it is. Uh, it's the lady when I walk to work. Oh, no, I'm so sidetracked. But it's the lady I walk to work with on um, who I walk with sometimes. And her name is uh, Miss Susan. And we have small conversations. And we were talking about how people don't realize, especially in the black community, how stress does so much internal damage to our bodies that they don't even realize, mm-hmm. like, what it is. Like, stress can cause so many, like, cancer, uh, heart, like, different mm-hmm. things in the body. And people don't realize that if you take some time for self-care and self-love or whatever it is to to relax your mind people don't realize stress is like 
Like, I don't, I don't even want to say number one, but it can cause a lot mm-hmm. of problems. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I feel like that's what stress is. They've done to, you know, my grandmother and my grandfather. They stress so much where that disease starts living in their brain. You but know? you also got to think about, like, I mean, I'm not going to say we don't have the same, sadly, say we still are facing probably the same things that your grandparents was probably facing during that time. Mm-hmm. But now we have more resources. We do. We have more resources and then we just have a more of a better idea of how to treat ourselves. Like I said, exercising and eating a little bit healthier. Like, I swear, the only thing that we probably really ate that was like a fruit <laughs> is maybe a fucking watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> And I fucking hate that shit. No, it was wait, wait, wait. Watermelon and melon. Wait, and wait, wait, that. wait. Nah, that's serious. not okay. Okay. I cannot eat no melon or no, no watermelon. So I don't know. Did I send you the uh, on Instagram? Did I send you the history about the watermelon? I don't think so. On Black I, History, I, I about to look. You probably okay, we probably, be sending each other some more stuff. stuff. I, don't I know. know. So I was thinking that, right? I know this part. This thing gonna be hella random. I ain't cutting out shit. This gonna be long. <laughs> um. So I it was this it's this thing on Instagram. And, cause it, and, and it was a talking about how the, uh, the the white people has manipulated and made us have a stereotype on watermelon. Uh-huh. So the history behind it was after, you know, slavery and, you know, and we had our own crops and, and all that stuff, we were selling watermelon and making profit of it. Okay. But the white people did not like that we were making profit and making money so they made this stereotype of blackface and making it seem like we're lazy and we eat watermelon. Mm. So, mm. so after so so when when they it fucked me up too. Mm. So, okay. so they so we're basing like eating watermelon is lazy and all this other stuff based off because our people were trying to build their you know. Their, their, their legacy of having um, their own business. They was out there being entrepreneurs building their own, they, having their own. Yeah, being entrepreneurs, like that, yes. That, and that shit was, was popping. And then and they, and they like, like that. It. So then so, they, they, they start doing the blackface and making it seem like, oh, black people lazy. You know, that's why you see that. Because mm-hmm. think about it. We didn't have money like that to have, uh, to promote stuff like that. So when I seen that, it made me think, twice about the stereotypes that are placed on a black community which is negative but in reality it might it was a gym but they because we were making it so big and popular or whatever the case is we winning in that field they didn't like it so they gonna switch it and make it a negative right they are. so that's why i mean i still, i love me some watermelon but people don't realize that that that's where the negative stigma came from yeah you, you did send me that. So, you know what? The crazy <laughs> part is that I'm listening, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, of, and I did, because I went back a couple messages last night um, when you sent me something last night, but I was up watching um, Billie Holiday. Uh, the newer one or the mm-hmm. older one? The, the newer one. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, one, that one's good. The fucked yeah. up at the end? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. part pissed yeah. me off. And it just, it just come to me that you know, it wasn't nothing about her craft that they did not like. They love her. They 
voice. They loved how beautiful she was. They just didn't like that one fucking song. Yeah. Strange fruit. But and on her it, deathbed, yeah. they still was trying to yeah. sabotage her career. Sick and all. Yeah. So that was the only thing that they had to try to sabotage her and her legacy. And pretty much what they always would try to do, try to sabotage. Yeah. What we have going on. So right. I so now after that, it makes me think twice about different things. Like things that we like, oh that's ghetto. No, it's actually creative. Mm-hmm. Because what we see is ghetto. And then when somebody else do it, oh, that's amazing. Why can't we see what our people doing great things? It's because they place that negative seed that we're lazy. We not, you know, instead of looking at it as being creative and being entrepreneurs, they have us thinking it different ways. That's why anytime I see a black business or something coming up, I don't care if I got $2, they got something that costs a dollar, I'm going to give them my dollar. But people don't you know it's a, it's a slow progress and I want to say it's in certain areas I want I just want the, the listener that's just listening today when they listen to hear this I don't want them to think like oh they just jumping all over the place oh no, oh, no. They gonna, hopefully what they gonna hear is that we as African Americans our black people we have uh, dealt with a lot of trauma. And we yeah. sit here and we talk about all the trauma that we been through in life from our ancestors. Yeah, I wouldn't now. I wouldn't even say and that it's jumping around. Because if you think about it, it, it all connects in some way. Oh, yeah. Because it's the root of things. Yeah. And if we don't know the root of things of how things work or acknowledge things or educate ourselves, it's... it's I'm, we in our 30s, our mid-30s, and we still are learning things about our culture. That has been hidden, took away, taken away from us, and they make it seem like we never had nothing. And the thing is, is that we had everything, and they didn't like it, so they took it. And healing is really starting to start with us. Yeah. The ones that's here now in our thirties. Yeah. Because we know that is a lot of us are dealing with anxiety, depression, and knowing that it's not okay, and it's coming from a lot of past history. And, uh, and we're doing something about it now. Where is that? You see that mental illness everywhere is like more the focal point of health now. Because as you think about it, it's like if you go anywhere, you go to a hospital, they got a section for everything, but they don't have one for really for mental health. No. But I wanted to say this because it came in my head. And people need to realize healing and and your peace is 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 one big thing and when you're on your healing journey are you growing make sure because i'm gonna slide this in because i have friendship in there make sure you have the right people around you oh it's about to start ending um oh this is my first time in doing this and it has a little time thing but i guess oh you only get 60 minutes and we're at 55 Okay, this is my first time doing it, so I'm learning new things. But anyway, <laughs> but um, what I'm saying is 
healing and your peace is important. And so make sure when you're doing that, you're surrounding yourself with good people like lavender and, and protecting it. And sometimes you can't have these conversations with everybody because their mindset is not there. So make sure when you are on your healing journey, when you're healing yourself from your trauma or your trauma bonding, or you're finding out information about your history and your past and you are processing things or you might be seeing therapy or you might be doing the group uh, group sessions or you have a life coach and sometimes people in your family and your circle may not understand what that looks like to you and they might have a negative mindset so be careful of who you express your concerns or what you're going through so they don't be careful who you've been vulnerable with. Yes. Keep them toxic, yes. toxic people away. Family and friends. You got to watch it. Keep okay. them away. And so I'm going to end it right here. So I want to say thank you, Lavender Moses Taylor, <laughs> for coming to the Golden Conversation to come talk to me and talk about these topics that are really um, important to me in my life. And um, we're going to have a part two. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can have our other friends come on and join us. But... I'm going to end it right here. So thank you for your time. Oh, and my favorite line, um, what I say? Oh, no regrets, just like lessons. Love y'all. Bye. Ooh.